0: afternoon and welcome to the pokevolt podcast i'm tyler also known as bellybolt
1: vgc here with my co-host chris titan nexus tonight's guest is a real fun character tyler and i met at charlotte regionals he goes by the mismatcher nick if you could please introduce yourself a bit and give everyone a brief rundown of your vgc history
2: yeah i'm a real fun character they met at the uh, last regionals and i go by the mismatcher uh, i've been playing well i i've been playing pokemon for a long time as my pokemon merch may suggest but uh i got into vgc well i should say when i was nine i went to a vgc regional in diamond and pearl era back when it was best of one single elimination and i remembered missing three times in a row to get out I'm like, I'm sure that's just my mind exaggerating, you know, as a kid feeling bad. I went back, I watched the VS Recorder. I missed four times in a row to be eliminated. To be fair, I was going for hypnosis, but still. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, around the end of Sword and Shield era, I decided I wanted to avenge my kid self. So even though I hadn't played VGC in like a decade, I uh, practiced for two weeks and went to my first regional. And I, uh, I won three sets, and that kind of, like, got me excited. I've been playing since then, on and off, more more since Scarlet Violet. So I'm still pretty new, but I've, I've had a really good time going to regionals, competing, meeting people in the community, and all types of stuff like that.
0: Uh, Nick, I noticed that you left out that you're, like, the most Pokemon-fashionable person I've ever met.
2: Yes, that's true. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a recovering fashion blogger. About three years clean at this point. So. <laughs> My, my Pokemon drip may cause me to relapse. <laughs> Love it. I was debating between, like, three different Pokemon outfits for this thing today. Oh, one of my other greatest Pokemon achievements has probably been the official Pokemon Go Twitter retweeted one of my outfits. When I did a, a, a Buzzwool cosplay by stuffing my sleeves with, like, crumpled up pieces of paper to match the muscles. <laughs> 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 but... They still haven't put me in the app. They show slideshows of people in the Pokemon Go app, and they've put me on Twitter but never in the app. And that's my true goal. Like, world champion, win a regional, take it or leave it. I want them to put my photo in the Pokemon Go app. That, that's that's my real journey. That's my real destination.
0: <laughs> That'd be awesome. Hopefully it's in that awesome mudkip shirt that you...
2: No, it's I got one with normal and shiny whooper, and one with a bunch of water types.
0: Okay, the problem
2: is now, like now, people recognize me for that outfit. People know me for it. So, can I wear it to my next regional, or do I have to innovate again? <laughs> Stop being a fashion leader. Let me tell you, it's it's not an easy life, but it's a burden I'm willing to bear. Today, we will
0: be discussing the global challenge. We have another one coming up here this uh, upcoming weekend. Uh, we have predictions for the Portland Regional, uh, mental health in VGC, and the Intellion raids. Uh, We are going to discuss future formats and uh, Pokemon Home. May 12th? We'll see. Uh, So Mm -hmm. we'll head over into the Global Challenge. Uh, I've been looking forward to this. I've competed in the last one. Um, Titan here also competed. They're really fun, you know, a chance to earn CP while sitting in your bedroom. Um, Nick, are you competing in this one?
2: Well, I'll be at Portland, so it'll be tough, but, like, you know, if I can't get enough VGC after playing for, like, 11 hours straight, maybe I'll do a few sets. I don't know if I should use my team, or use just some, like, total, total meme team, you know what I mean? Just to let off steam. <laughs> yeah,
0: so I've kind of overlooked the fact that those two actually fell in the same weekend. I didn't realize yeah, Portland
2: difficult. Yeah, yeah I've
1: know. seen a lot of people complaining online about it, like, saying they're, how it's kind of gonna conflict and they're not gonna be able to play in bowls so it's like it's gonna hurt some people for points
2: yeah or even just as a spectator do you know is it your top two or top three gc's that count for points i'm actually not sure
1: yeah, that you is a very
2: good that. question
0: I but. do think that'll be a good GC to compete in, though. If there's a lot of top players who are playing in Portland and, you know, the player count is lower in this GC, this may be an opportunity for someone, you know. The last one, I know there was a lot of top-name VGC players competing in the Global Challenge, um, which may have been a little bit different than the first one. I do think it's a little bit more casual, but if there's a lot of people not competing, this may be a good chance, you know, to jump into the Global Challenge and earn some CP
2: i think you will also start running into uh some people feeling like fatigue you know what i mean like three weekends in a row or i think i guess we had a weekend off or we have weekends off is just a lot you know i know later we're going to talk about mental health and bgc but it can be a lot because it's a lot of battles you know what i mean 45 battles especially if uh I was going to give my condolences to Dozo, WoChain, Glamora players, but maybe, maybe they don't deserve it. But you know what I mean? Especially <laughs> if they're going long. That's just a lot of time to do it. So many times in a row can be draining. So I think you, you'll you see some people not competing because of that as well.
1: Yeah, that's very yeah, true. Yeah, exactly.
0: That's a good point. I never and I did
2: look that. up, it's uh, your best two finishes from online competitions count for championships points. Okay, okay. But, hey, I, can, know, I can even still even rack two, up try to get your rank up and earn more that way
0: okay so So, go ahead titan i can edit that out uh, uh,
1: so moving on to portland predictions i'm predicting brian kim top cutting
0: i love it i love it (laughs) I'm here for it. I'm support. I'm supporting the friends all day. I'm going
1: with Brian. He, he's one of my best friends in the community. He's so good. He helps me with my team constantly. Uh, practice matches, like going over like spreads, and everything. He's such a cool guy. He's <laughs> built up that our other Discord server like so much, uh, mostly by beating uh, beating people or having people who have beat him join it. <laughs> it's That's a dope. running joke in there. Uh, when so someone it new enters, me, we ask him, did better. you beat Brian or did you get beat by Brian?
2: You know what's funny? Uh, I kind of, I got to know Brian by inviting me out. I was in a group chat he made and he invited me out to dinner. But until I showed up that night, I had no idea who he was. Just someone who I had met that day. I'm like, yeah, I don't have dinner plans. I'll go. Yeah, Charlie, <laughs> so you I and... I uh... walked into the restaurant waiting to see who recognized me and the friend <laughs> I was with. Because I didn't know who I was meeting up with. <laughs>
1: You just kind of like walked up to our group and just yeah, it was, yeah. it was, it was on from then. <laughs> but he's won two locals locals now uh, within the past month. He won the LA local and then he, yesterday he won the San Diego local. Um, and at the LA local, he beat uh, Giovanni uh, Costa.
0: Oh wow! Yeah, I I saw that. That you know I watched that on Twitter after hearing it it's kind of wild, you know, I know how tough of a competitor Brian is. And, you know, seeing him compete at that level and beat someone in Worlds is, I'm honored to be his friend, you know, like you said, and to have someone to compete at and be friends with is awesome. You know, like Nick said, to sit down at dinner with someone randomly who's, you know, competing and helping us with our teams now at such a high level is wonderful.
2: Yeah, and I think it's wonderful just as Brian shows, how much of the community has been supportive. You know what I mean? It said, like, like I said, I'm new to it, but so many people are willing to help you out with spreads or do some practice matches or come together. It's it's just been a really great community to join and become part of. Yeah, too. To it as it grows, as we have more and more in-person events, especially with the, uh, I think now that locals can be worth championship points. You know, we're going to see locals grow a lot more as well, and more and more connections like that.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. Three months ago, when I started going back to regionals, it was really just me and Tyler. Like, Tyler was the only real person I knew at the, at the regional. And then I played Brian in round two, and we had such a close game that he just like, afterwards, he was like, hey, you want to come hang out with me and my group of friends? And I was like, sure. And it just yeah exploded after that (laughs) we went from having like seven of us standing there to now there's like 30 of us
0: yeah it's really cool I kind of loved it too because it was such a my first experience at Knoxville Titan like you said you were the only person in the community that I knew at all it was my first time ever going to a regional so I just felt like I was standing in this room filled with people like all alone you know no one would really talking to me and I didn't know like how to approach anyone so I was just kind of like oh like you know what to do, what to do, and after a few matches, you know, and meeting Brian and everyone and, you know, you made friends with him, and I, I walked back to you, you, you were standing in your usual spot, and I walked back, and there was, like, eight other guys, and you're like, hey, this is a game, I was like, wow, <laughs> hello, everyone. <laughs> it's pretty funny.
1: Which brings us a great tie-in to our next discussion, which is mental health in VGC, and friends, we just talked about friends and community and everything and having that support and just how important that is. Um, But I also want to talk about hunting the good stuff, which is something I learned through the army, which is you just, you got to find something positive out of every situation. And it's, there's been numerous studies that have shown by you finding that one little positive thing out of a situation it actually increases your uh endorphins it overall your health improves it improves your relationships your sleep anxiety everything um so even if that's hey i hit that hydro pump like (laughs) I got a double icy wind off. Oh, I took a I took a game out of that set from this player who was really good. Uh, it could be anything really, as long as it's one little positive thing you're taking away. It can be so important.
0: Yeah, no, I yeah. I feel that a lot. I think too. Nick made a good point earlier about like so many you know global challenges back to back with regionals. You know, we came right off of Charlotte after having a global challenge right into another global challenge, you know, right up into the next regional, which a lot of us have competed. I'm not going into Portland, you know, but a lot of our friend group has competed in Knoxville and Charlotte and Portland, you know, In and we're all looking to compete in N I C. in IIC. So it's that much pressure, you know, uh, constant changes in the meta that you're keeping up with, you know, these daunting tasks of like, staying relevant, you know, competing at that same level every time the meta shifts. You know, it's something that, you know, me personally, I have those ups and downs. I'll perform very well one week, you know, and then the next week, next week hits and, you know, it's I'm not performing as well. You know, I over question my team. You know, I lost a few important matches. You know, I may even like kind of rabbit hole myself into making these changes to my team just because of a mood change like that you know overwhelming myself and then it's kind of a rabbit hole that you just go down further and further and i think my you know having the friend group and support like you said and finding that good stuff you know about you know even if i lost this match like you said i hit the make it rain on the first two and i knocked the whole front end down you know off one move it was dealing with the back half that stopped me and like you know just trying to figure out how you can be you know the most productive in like addressing those things and not letting it affect you emotionally is very important. You know it's it's a game. It's it's like chess. You know it can it can go either way. It's very mental, uh, stressful, and straining. So it's you can, you can become tired from it just alone. You know and kind of burn out. I've been taking breaks myself from playing as much, and I feel like I'm more fresh when I come back at the game for that reason.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, talking about fatigue and the GCs, just at an in-person event, it's just so much, especially when they uh, they don't give us a lunch break. And the changes in format have helped a little bit now, but we don't have to do so many matches in a row day one. But it's just a lot. And I mean, there's times, especially, you know, if you're not doing as well as you had hoped, you know, there are times where it feels like, where, you know, you, you can start getting down on it. You can start, especially after eight matches, you can start just kind of, clicking buttons and not fully focusing you're getting in your own head about it so yeah taking moments to focus on the good you know it's tilting when you know you lose to a freeze-dry freeze dry <laughs> freeze but I also feel it can be frustrating when you're like wow I made a mistake there you know what I mean like I had a way to win this game and I didn't see it until afterwards and just finding ways to uh, the San Diego regionals i was i was feeling a little stressed at the uh, at the lunch break back when we had lunch breaks uh so i just went back to the hotel i just lied down for like 20 minutes before i went i got food and it really helped to just lie down rest a little bit relax just finding those moments and doing what you need to do to kind of interrupt your pattern patterns of thinking whether it's talking to a friend heck i don't know go in a bathroom stall and do 10 jumping jacks just to get your blood flowing <laughs> that's what i did during the sat uh but just something to like help break yourself out of kind of those dark patterns of thinking and to, you know, focus on the good and be able to go forward.
0: I agree fully too. I kind of wanted to note on one thing real fast. Um, You know, we're all kind of talking about like the mental aspects of EDC. Um, Just like one other side of like the mental health aspect of it is um, something that I struggle with myself is uh, ADHD. Um, So like battling in the regional experience is something that like was a challenge for me, like understanding when I first sat down, you know, like the sounds around you, you know, being such a euphoric feeling too. There's uh, Pokemon cosplayers everywhere, you know, great cosplay at that. So I I just feel like there's so much going on that like my attention was being pulled away from my immediate games at all times. I was, you know, I was just so excited about the experience and uh, dealing with that was something that was a huge struggle for me, you know. Um, And I wanted to note that Gabe Mendoza actually put together a list of things that helps like him and other people. And I think it was a really good list. And I actually,
2: Bring up, if you do. yes, uh, Gabe, who many of you know as Beanie, host yeah, uh, Beanie Bro.
0: Yeah, Beanie Braw. It's a really helpful thing and a tool that he put together for the community. Um, so check that out on his Twitter. If you get a chance, it's a pinned tweet. It's on the top there. Um, in the show notes tonight, I'll put a link and everything up to that. Um, but number one, just like take a lot of notes. Um, staying engaged, something, like, physical to do to help anchor your attention, uh, pens, double as a fidget toy. Uh, two, set a timer on your smartwatch or phone in your pocket to go off, like, every 30 seconds. It kind of, like, snaps you back into focus in your when your attention drifts. Um, that's the one that I, like, helped him note down there. Uh, that's something that I do personally because I'm very quick to just, like, jump my train of thoughts and that 30 second timer buzzing in your pocket or on your Apple Watch is incredibly helpful. Um three make a checklist of things you want to keep better track between rounds and learn it. Uh go through the checklist between rounds. Um like speed tiers, how much damage you know you're doing damage that you didn't expect to take, etc. Uh, number four talk through your thought process out loud. Um, I get distracted inside of my own head, so um, that's something I struggle with. So myself and others find it help to talk out loud or whisper to yourself. Some even just mouth their thoughts. Um, If you choose to talk out loud, you just do so respectfully without bothering the other players around you. Um, Dedicated fidget toys if you need additional stimulation. Bring a small plush to sit on your lap. Um, You can squeeze it in between your thighs during a game for stimulation or even help with blood flow and circulation. Periodically take deep breaths and get some oxygen flowing. Nick, you talked on that earlier, you know, do some jumping jacks in between rounds, do a couple exercises. <laughs> uh, water bottles. Yeah. <laughs> Carry a cactus with you everywhere you go.
1: <laughs> Touch it, it'll wake you up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um,
0: stay hydrated, keep a water bottle on the floor. Um, you know, we all don't yeah, like hearing okay. that one.
2: I think that physical stuff, taking care of what you can, you know what I mean? You can't plan for how the day is going to go or always how you're feeling, but making sure to eat a breakfast on those long days, making sure you have enough sleep. That one I'm not good at. I was certainly not good at the last regional. Not good at right now. I was about to take a nap when you asked me if we could record now. <laughs> so I'm a bit tired. That's why if you noticed, I've been sipping this whole time, sipping some tea. But yeah, but just taking care of the things you do have control of, you know what I mean? making sure no your point. body is in the right place, just setting yourself up to succeed. Because those things can make a big difference. Yep.
0: Yeah. All good points. Love it.
2: So,
1: let's jump into the Intellion raid, because Nick was yeah. dying to talk about this. He came up with this <laughs> awesome thing, and it got all over Reddit and Twitter. So, yeah. go ahead, Nick. Talk about the Intellion yeah, raid. I
2: was able to, honestly one of my favorite things to do in Pokemon game is, like, look at A, interacting with really obscure mechanics or trying to figure out how to beat something stronger than you with the tools you have available. It's why I love uh, challenge runs. It's why I've really been enjoying draft. I recently joined a draft league. But trying to figure out ways to get one-turn KOs on these seven-star raids, like Inteleon. And Inteleon was a tough one because just theorycrafting ahead of time, looking at the moves it had, some of them include Snowscape. Which would boost its defense by 50 percent and Mist, which prevents you from lowering its stats you can't just uh do a screech to double the damage you were doing so the end, what i was able to come up with was here do you think i could share my screen with the uh, damage calcs on it yeah yeah go ahead yeah yeah, yeah I can all right maybe we side. can cut to it then just give me a second to get it up yeah you're fine yeah so finding a way to get a uh the one turn ko on the Inteleon, especially ahead of time when I was just theory crafting, knowing its moveset that it could have mist to uh, prevent you from lowering its stats, and an easy method is to use uh, something with Screech or something like uh, Stone Journal with Screech to get both Power Spot and Screech is impossible, and knowing it could use Snowscape to boost its own defense. So, you know, it's fun. I love things like this that get you into the really obscure mechanics of the game, you know. Because there's a lot of things in Pokemon that you'll come across in a typical BGC session. You know, there's only so many things that are ultimately viable. But there's just so much depth to the mechanics and the interactions in the game that you can find really weird stuff. When I was trying to get a one-turn KO on Greninja, Poison-type, with a Spathra, it was like skill swap, uh, competitive onto it, and then use Tickle. So it gets plus four special attack. I'm going has Opportunist to get plus four special attack and then use Stored Power. Uh, but for this one, uh, I was able to use Preserker's ability Steely Spirit, which uh, raises the damage by all Steel-type moves by itself and its allies by 50%. But the interesting thing is it stacks with itself, which you could never see in VGC because you can only have one Preserker per team. But in the rain environment, you can have up to four out at once, so you can stack all of them together. So then, just going through, all right, what's the strongest steel type, type attacker? Tinkaton has Gigaton Hammer, of the strongest move by far. But even then, three Steely Spirits. Bleh, sorry, a little tough to say the word Steely Spirit. Three Steely Spirits only gets you up to 40%, uh, and you can't lower its the att- uh, and you can't lower Inteleon's defenses. So how do you buff Tinkaton? Even something like helping hand in attack cheer doesn't get you there. But and you, uh, sorry, one of Tinkaton's abilities is own tempo. So you can use swagger on it without having to worry about confusing it. So if two swaggers you're at uh, plus four. Sorry, the snow boost should be calped. And then one using sunny day to get rid of this to get rid of the snow. And then you're still close, so adding on a choice band. But I went through many different iterations. There was many different people on the Reddit thread trying out different things. And for a while, this was the only one we could find out of every combination. Later, probably because it's slightly more consistent because you don't have the chance of swagger missing, uh, Anger Point Tauros took over. And eventually I found another one using uh, Sunny Day's solar powered Charizard to get the 110 KO. But it's so many uh, mechanics in this game, own tempo, choice band, Steely Spirit, that you might not encounter otherwise that all come together to make this possible and i think stuff like that is just really cool stuff that forces you to interact with the weirder mechanics like a draft that forces you to really look at every possible move a pokemon gets that's pretty amazing honestly like
1: i i would never be able to delve into all that and try to figure that out I oh just my brought my belly bolt into the thing and just kept parabolic charging
2: and acid spraying oh, the thing until I killed it. Power. I had so many Bulvapedia tabs open. like, And there are so many times, like, Simple Beam is in the game as an egg move, but no Pokemon can learn it as a parent to pass it down, so it's not possible to get it. Or it's like, uh, you know, there's so many, like, this close to figuring it out I couldn't quite get or they changed, uh, they changed Defiant so it no longer procs from an ally targeting you, only an opponent. Like there are like so many things that almost got there, and it, it just feels so satisfying when you get that bonk—the one turn hammer KO of Tinkaton or whatever you end up using.
0: It really does, Nick. Especially you know this after running the Ray with me a couple times and having the few little mishaps that we had.
2: <laughs> yeah, like, uh, um, the person did it—he used Swords Dance uh, with the Choice Band equipped. <laughs> And you can recover. The problem is with Gigaton Hammer and Choice Band, if you miss the one-turn KO, if a Swagger misses or something, you have to struggle every other turn. So then it becomes everything else is playing defensively, trying to keep Tinkaton alive long enough to get off his second one.
0: Yeah, it was really funny. I will say, though, you did a great job. Like, that was the most smooth <laughs> one, one shot that I, I feel like in any of the raids. I've not... I didn't grind a lot of the raids for the fact that, like, the one-shots were hard to obtain. And if you didn't have four people pulling them off perfect, it just didn't happen. As to where, like, I feel like this was a very, you know, jumping in with four people, you did, you know, you hit the swaggers. If you missed them, okay, just wait till the next widen. turn, you know. Wait yes. one turn, and then you get, you get the one-shot next yeah.
2: turn. It's coming out with contingencies. It's figuring out how accurate things could be. Like, if, uh you know, as you can see, this one barely gets it. It's at a 101%. If it was slightly higher, uh, you could instead run a Power Spot journer with gravity to make sure nothing could miss. You know, there's there's stuff like that to, to try to find it. The Charizard one I eventually found was was a guaranteed one hit KO. The other problem was uh, a lot of people don't even know that, uh, oh gosh, a nick- nickname's buying Gar Steeled. What's his real name? Steal me off with the creepy looking beard. (laughs) What's his name? (laughs) Berserker? Berserker, yes! He's tough to get. So the alternative way is uh, instead of one Berserker, you have a Cloud Nine Golduck to turn off snow using Helping Hand. But you can get frozen if you use that. That's true. But yeah, I just, the game we play is so complex and has so much room for creativity. When I started VGC, I felt like I wanted to use more meta teams as I was learning. You know what I mean? So I could know what's good and what's not, and just get a feel for the game. But once, now that I'm feeling a little more com, like confident, there's just so many things you can do. You know what I mean? Like chess is a complex game, but you don't choose four different moves for your bishop ahead of time, <laughs> and you don't choose like from one out of a thousand different pieces for for each of your slots. It's so true. That's so it's true. It's just such a fascinating game, and the formats that really let it shine, I, I think, are really fun. I was saying earlier, I was thinking earlier that that's kind of why I tend to prefer non-restricted formats because, with the power level lower, you can get away with more. But there's definitely ro- room, for exciting moments, and you know, restricted formats as well. Everything from, of course, the famous Pachirisu moments to like stuff like Cherim plus Groudon with, where you can find something that can catch people off guard and really shine i feel yeah. like we're
0: kind of experiencing that right now in the reg c you know like everyone kind of thought it was a very restricted format but now as the meta's kind of developed a little bit we're seeing that you know the ruinmons aren't as necessary as we thought they were and i do think that there's like it's kind of introduced that really wide you know range of plays to where like things like you said those really interesting gimmicks or like deep level of play ev spreads whatever it may be you know or more viable and just really interesting. There's definitely times for them, you know. I'm, you see players who find those teams that have the synergy and work really well. It's a really exciting time for BGC for that alone.
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, just to look at, uh, I mean, you know, talking about things we want to look at going into Portland, over just the past couple of weeks, you've seen kind of the rise of snow teams and snow as a potentially viable archetype. You know what I mean? Something that was dismissed earlier, you know, and it's not like a new Mon was added, which made snow better. Even something like Palo Balance, which is so dominant right now, uh, that that basic core would have been possible in series one. It just hadn't been discovered yet. You know what I mean? Like the meta is continuing to develop, not just from new mons being added or being made legal, but from people making discoveries of what's good and what counters that. And it, it's just cool to watch things evolve, you know, but it's a live game. It's a changing game.
0: Yeah. I do think like something you said there about the, the snow teams, I do think that we'll see a resurgence in gold dango for that reason alone. Um, oh, yeah. low and mid high tier showdown. I have seen a bomb snow everywhere. It, it you know, yeah. it is coming back. It is here. Uh, bundle is back to stay. You know, I'm currently using a bundle. I think, I don't know that bundle ever went anywhere. It just like dropped in usage a little <laughs> bit in the beginning of the meta as people were kind of developing it. And, uh, you know, I just yeah. took everyone. Yeah, not- that
2: strong. It, it often will have a place.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't yeah. know if I'm ever gonna play Bundle again after what he did to
2: me at Charlotte, but. <laughs> See, I think Bundle would be. I was thinking lately. I have an idea for a new BGC item. It'd be called like Do Over Card or something, which is if you miss a move, you consume the item and immediately use that move again, which I That'd think would be, be cool. Be so if you miss a Hydro Pump you immediately use it a second time if you miss a fissure although honestly i don't think it would be run that often on team Lu, something like assault this would probably continue to be better but i think that would be interesting and not overpowered because it definitely would be a power loss to not have something like the booster energy or something like that.
1: well i wouldn't think it would work with fissure because a lot of like those accuracy boosting uh items that are already out there don't affect fissure
2: that's my VGC item idea <laughs> Rock but... slide with it would be crazy because if you miss one side and you hit two on the other, you have a very high chance of flinching. Maybe it's not balanced. Maybe it's why I don't work for Game Freak. But
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well, we were just talking about restricted formats, so that actually ties us into the next part of the conversation, which would be, are we going to have a restricted format for Worlds? Is it going to be like the Paldea Prologue where you have that one
2: restricted Mon? Yeah, and will he have home mons legal, which could totally switch things up, especially some I'm really excited to get my hands on, like Urs Ursaluna. And you've even seen a few manual Stealth Rocks teams, uh, popping up right now. So something like Cleavor that can set that without having to uh without having the result of that, I think could make that strategy even more prevalent. Yeah, it's really interesting. I would die for it. the
1: Hisui Mons to be I, added. <laughs> I read
0: I w- I would love to see Hisuian mons added. I just think in the future for like for worlds especially, I do think there's the strong chance that we see the Palde and prologue format. Um,
2: yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I think honestly, I think my preferred format maybe it's just me is we go back to series one with home transfer mons, then series B with home transfer, then series C with home transfer, just to give us some more time to explore the non restricted format. But yeah, I, it'll be curious to see what we see. You know, yeah. we probably have two more years in this game's lifespan, and the changing metas with the DLC will definitely add some longevity, but it feels like a lot of these formats have passed through very quickly. Like I was saying earlier, like I feel like Series 1, there are still tons of developments waiting to be made and with all types of series, so it, I'm curious to see what they ultimately end up choosing and where it goes. Well, yeah. series uh
1: regulation C was actually originally set to end at the end of next month, but they extended it through NAIC. Oh. Wow. So, it's going to be the first format we've had that's going to be 3 months long.
2: Right. And, and... so
1: people are going to go fresh in August into Worlds basically with no tournament practice in between there. It just with whatever format they're deciding for Worlds
2: yeah and that's like having those longer formats uh on the one hand some people can get tired of it. But on the other hand you really see the changes from you know fisher being a dominant part of the early conversation to i feel most players have not all and i think there's arguments you can make for it but a lot of players have moved away from it but like we were saying the rise of snow the introduction of palo balance like just to see as a meta goes on for longer but different innovations and the ways that it feels different despite having the same format
0: yeah. I So, just back to it real quick. So, Chris, you said something about how there won't be practice. Like, everyone won't have practice on this last format right before Worlds. I do yeah, think that that's why we won't see a very dramatic change on what the format is now. Um, and that's, if you look at the Paldea and Prologue format, the only difference would be the exception of the two Legendary Mons from Paldea. And I think that...
2: That's a very reasonable change. I don't think those changes, though, are massive. You know what I mean? Just because, especially as being terrain and weather setters, the archetypes they make possible, like being able to see an electric terrain team, (laughs) like viable with the future, sorry, paradoxes. I mean, just adding those two mods, say bye
1: bye to Amoongus, massive shakeup.
0: Yeah, and I I'm not I'm not taking away from that being a massive shakeup. I just think it's less massive than saying, "Hey, here's a whole other region's pokédex as well as these two Pokémon."
1: That's true. That's, sure, you sure. know, that's a
0: lot more people who are honestly, playing Scarlet and Violet may not have access to that game right now or do not have those mons ready and accessible for a Worlds format. You know what I mean? That would be a hard thing to bring those mons and have them ready for Worlds as compared to like we all have our Scarlet and Violet mons caught and ready.
2: Yeah, honestly, I wonder though what meta would look more different than the current Regulation C? Uh, a one Restricted format or Reg C with DLC or even Reg C with Home? You know what I mean? I think just adding restricted just changes the whole format because the power level of them are so high and it becomes about Pokemon that can compete with them or Pokemon that can support them, you know, as opposed to a, a more balanced team. I don't know. I'm near, I'm near all near for meta. the chaos, though. though. I want Game Freak to get rid of the Paradox
1: Mons for it. Keep the Ruin Mons, get rid of the Paradox Mons Ew. for Worlds, and it just be the Ruin Mons with the regular uh, with the regular Mons like at Worlds. I'm Not all for a, that chaos.
0: What if they do nope. the restricted where they just get rid of the top ten, like there are the top twelve used Pokemon again?
2: That'll be that would be cool. And I, mean, you know, I, I kind of like Worlds being. I don't know, unrestricted, being able to show the top strategies when everything's able to go. But yeah, no, I think that'd be interesting, too. And it shows just how much can be done with the format in the game and how much there is to look forward to. I'm really looking forward to when we get back to those quirky little cups like we had at the end of Sword and Shield. Like, uh, I love the uh, Bring Six, Pick Two, but one of them has to be Magikarp. I ran a Parasong team for a bit. I ran a... Using G Max Magikarp with bounce to turn into a speed boost. Like you know, there's so many weird little cups like that. The metronome only tournament actually had some strategy to it.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, so real fast here, so we can get this in. There's something I wanted to talk about. Um, there's some leaks and some rumors in the community that some bigger news sites have picked up and are talking about. And I, um, you know, from my speculation. In looking at it, I think that there is a very good chance that it does come true and that we get the Pokemon Presents on May 2nd that everyone's rumoring. Um, Along with that, it comes with the Pokemon Home Drop on May 12th. I do think it's a really weird date. Uh, Titan, you kind of mentioned that to me, and the more that I thought about it, I was like, wow, why the 12th? You know, it's just such a weird placement. Um, You know, I thought there would be kind of like an immediate release. It, it could be, like, final bugs they're wrapping up or something, but, uh, I mean, how do you guys feel about that, you know, is there any speculation on your end? How do you feel about that?
1: I think it's pretty plausible, uh, just because it's been more than one leaker who's, like, come up with this date, uh, with this date, and they came up with it kind of within, like, hours of each other, like, so it's like, okay, they could have gotten the same information just at different pieces in the timeline, and... But yeah, it's been more than one person who's really come out and said, "Hey, May second, we're getting a Pokemon Presents," which we're definitely overdue for one. And if you look at Japan's uh, Japan's kind of schedule, this is actually April May is basically their springtime over there. So this would still qualify. Uh, so the twelfth would actually still qualify as early spring for them. <laughs>
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. So that, you know, it falls yeah. into that window. And I, they originally announced it as early spring. So I do, you know, I do think that that makes sense that you mentioned that, that it falls within that window.
2: Yeah, I, I can't commentate on the leaks. I haven't seen them specifically. But I definitely would have guessed when they first made the announcement it would have happened by now. But honestly, like I said, it's been interesting to go through the game without them. They also make the seven-star raids more exciting and change the trade economy, but when those home mods are allowed, especially allowing us to use the Hisuian forms for the first time, that will be a big shake It's one I'm excited for, but yeah. Like I said, I would love to see a Series 1-style format with the Hisuian mons. I think that would be really fun. I want to see those Trick Room, Facade, or Saluna teams and <laughs> all that stuff.
0: <laughs> I do, too. I, I think that sounds a amazing
2: honestly
1: i want to see them on my side uh, of the field not the other
2: <laughs> or a talent task or like a, a d- alternative form of talent task with G- god's ursa luna oh god
1: um, <laughs> don't give people ideas
2: no please don't a lot of fun things you can do yeah. there right. well
0: nick thank you for being on the show today yeah,
2: thank um, you for having me yeah yeah if uh If you like me, I'm on Twitter at Nicholas Rubing. My name, N-I-C-H-O-L-A-S-R-U-B-I-N-G-H. Should probably change it away from my legal name, but it is what it is. And The (laughs) Mismatcher are mismatched on most other platforms. And if you want to see my aforementioned uh, retired fashion blog, that's at The Mismatcher on Instagram.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Check out the show notes for all that information. I'll put those links and tags in the show notes. Next week's guest is Marley, also known as Suikuna Matata on Twitter. Uh, a newcomer VGC player with some hot takes, so tune in for that. Um, if you're a VGC player who's interested in being on the podcast, email us at Club at gmail.com. Nick, thanks again. Titan, appreciate you being here. Everyone have a good night.
2: Yeah, have a good night. Thanks again for having me.